Welcome to Making the Most of Time with me, Elliot Apple. I'm a financial planner and caregiver. To give you a little background, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer when I was 25. Our world was changed instantly, and it's been a constant state of change ever since. Since then, I've been learning about the intersection of money, health, and loss, personally and professionally. This is a place to explore money, loss, and grief. It's about making the most of time, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. There are no taboo topics, no question is off limits. These conversations are for people like you, people who are about to lose a significant other, widows, caregivers, and anybody affected by a major health event. I'm glad you're here. So with that, let's start making the most of time. Today, we're going in-depth about Roth conversions. Do you feel confident that you're minimizing taxes over your lifetime? If you're like many people, the answer is no. Most people are focused on today. They want to reduce taxes, but fail to consider how much in taxes they may pay in the future. Roth IRA conversions can be an excellent strategy to optimize your tax situation and pay less in taxes over your lifetime. It's particularly appealing before 2026 because we're in a lower tax rate environment than we'll likely be in the future. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 temporarily lowered tax rates. If no tax legislation is passed changing tax rates, we will revert back to the 2017 tax rates adjusted for inflation in 2026. Those tax rates were higher and narrower, meaning you generally progressed into higher tax brackets at less income than today. Should I do a Roth conversion? It's one of the most frequently asked questions. I'll cover what a Roth conversion is, when it makes sense to do a Roth conversion, how to handle taxes on it, the mechanics of it, and the timing of it. And before we get started here, I would recommend if you can checking out kindnessfp as in financialplanning.com and checking the blog for this post. There's a lot of great graphics that go along with it today, um, but I will try to talk you through that verbally. So what is a Roth conversion? A Roth conversion is where you move money from a tax deferred account, such as an IRA, SEP IRA, or employer plan to a Roth IRA. With tax deferred accounts, you normally receive a tax deduction when you contribute money, growth is tax deferred, and then withdrawals are taxed as ordinary income. A Roth IRA allows for tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawals, assuming you are age 59 and a half or older and the account has been open more than five years. Tax deferred accounts have Uncle Sam investing alongside you as a partner, waiting for his share of your gains. Tax-free accounts have already paid Uncle Sam. They cut him out of future gains and taxation. You get to keep 100% of the growth. And that's really important to understand that with a Roth IRA, you get tax-free growth. Uncle Sam doesn't get paid anymore. With an IRA or any other tax-deferred account, Uncle Sam is investing alongside you. For simplicity, I'm going to talk about moving money from an IRA to the Roth for the rest of this podcast, but you can do it from a SEP or other tax-deferred accounts too. When you move pre-tax money from a tax-deferred account, you are creating ordinary income today. Said another way, you are voluntarily choosing to pay taxes today on the money you move from an IRA to a Roth IRA. For example, if you choose to convert $1,000 from your IRA to your Roth IRA, and you're in the 24% marginal tax bracket, your estimated tax from the Roth conversion would be about $240, assuming it does not affect the taxation of any other income. However, going forward, the amount converted to the Roth IRA grows tax-free. There is no 10% penalty on the Roth conversion amount, even if you are under age 59 and a half, unless you decide to withhold taxes from the Roth conversion. 
If you are under age 59 and a half and you have taxes withheld, the tax withholding would count as an early withdrawal and be subject to a 10% penalty. I'll cover tax withholding in more detail later. A Roth conversion is a good way to diversify your tax buckets. It's a way to move money from a tax-deferred account to a tax-free account. Okay, but why would I want to pay taxes today, you may be wondering. You may be saying, I've been taught to defer taxes as long as possible. Yes, and unfortunately, that's a common misconception. So when does it make sense to do a Roth conversion? It generally makes sense to do a Roth conversion when you can pay a lower tax rate today than you or your heirs will be in the future. It's that simple. Before I go on, one of the most common questions I receive is, what about the years of tax-deferred growth I lose when doing a Roth conversion? How does that factor into the statement? You're ignoring it. No, it's already factored into the original statement. Let me highlight it with a simple example, and then I'll go on to a more complicated one. So with a simple example of a Roth conversion, let's say Gail has $100 in an IRA and decides to convert the entire amount to a Roth IRA and pay an effective tax rate of 20%. Gail pays $20 in taxes by withholding the money from the Roth IRA conversion. The remaining 80 goes into the Roth IRA, and let's say that she earns 5% a year, bringing her IRA balance to $84. Let's assume she's met other Roth IRA rules for withdrawals and can spend the entire $84 then. Contrast this to Bruce. Bruce also has $100 in IRA. Instead of converting it to a Roth IRA though, he leaves it in the IRA and he earns 5% in a year. Same rate of return here, bringing his IRA balance to $105 instead of $84 like Gail's. If Bruce pays an effective tax rate of 20%, the same rate that Gail's paid, he could distribute his entire IRA, pay $21 in taxes, and spend $84. Now you can see Gail and Bruce can both spend the $84 after paying the taxes. Even though Gail paid taxes at the start and had less invested, you can see how they ended up the same amount at the end. This is why you need to compare your tax rate today to your anticipated tax rate in the future. If you can pay tax at a lower rate today, it's generally better to do a Roth conversion. So let's look at a more complicated example of a Roth conversion. That was just one year, but let's do this more over time and with a higher dollar value. Let's say you have two people who each have a million dollars in an IRA today. They have the choice to leave it in the IRA or convert the entire amount to a Roth IRA. Now, in reality, you can convert only a partial amount, but for the analysis, I'm doing the full amount just to demonstrate my point and make it easy to track. But in reality, you would likely only be converting a partial amount each year. But in this example, Gail decides to convert her entire IRA to a Roth IRA and pay an effective tax rate of 20%. I'm using 20% as an example. If she converted the entire amount, she'd likely be subject to a much higher tax rate. But let's just go with 20% because it's easier math here. She decides to have taxes withheld from the IRA, meaning $800,000 is converted to the Roth IRA, and $200,000 goes to the IRS as a tax payment. Now, if Gail had brokerage assets or cash at the bank, she likely would have been better off paying the taxes outside of her IRA assets, but for simplicity and to highlight the point, I'm assuming taxes are withheld just to make this an easier apples-to-apples comparison. Bruce, on the other hand, decides to leave his IRA as is. He starts with a million dollars invested. Now, let's say they both earn the same exact rate of return over 10 years, 5% compounded annually. After 10 years, Gail will have $1,241,063, and Bruce will have $1,551,328. While Bruce technically has more on paper, remember, Uncle Sam has been investing alongside Bruce. Now, Uncle Sam wants his cut. 
If they both distribute 100% of their balance, Gil can withdraw the full $1,241,063, and let's assume Bruce pays the same effective rate that Gil paid of 20% at the beginning, meaning Bruce pays $310,266 in taxes, leaving him with, you guessed it, $1,241,063. Gil and Bruce have the same amount of money that can be spent. And I have a chart on the website if you want to check it out here where you can see the growth year by year and then what they pay at the end coming up with the same amount that can be spent. Now keep in mind, again, I'm using 20% as an effective tax rate because the math is cleaner and it's easier to track. Normally you would do partial Roth conversions each year to fill up a certain income tax bracket. So if they were in the 22% bracket, maybe you fill up the rest of the 22% or potentially even go to the 24% or higher, depending on what you anticipate your future estimated tax rate to be. This was only a demonstration that the rate of tax you pay today versus the tax rate you pay in the future is the deciding factor about whether to convert. With an IRA, the money you see in the account isn't 100% yours. Part of it is the government's money. It just hasn't been collected yet. Unfortunately, you don't see a taxes line item when viewing your account balances. Since Gil paid 20% at the start and Bruce paid 20% at the end, the Roth conversion didn't matter. This is why the key factor is the rate of tax you pay. If you can pay less today than you anticipate paying in the future, a Roth conversion usually makes sense. What are the common scenarios where a Roth conversion may make sense? Here's a list. Your spouse was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and there may be only a limited number of years to file taxes jointly as a couple. Or your spouse died and it's the last year you can file taxes jointly as a couple. You just retired and have less income. You're taking time off work and have less income. You haven't started required minimum distributions. You're in the 22% or 24% tax bracket today. Deciding whether to do a Roth conversion is not a simple decision. It usually requires, one, doing a tax analysis to estimate your marginal and effective tax rate today. Two, seeing how additional income might affect the taxation of other income, such as Social Security benefits. Three, comparing your tax rate today to a future estimated tax rate. And four, deciding how much you want to hedge the possibility of higher tax rates in the future. These examples mentioned are common situations where people find themselves in a lower tax bracket today than they may be in the future. So let's look at a couple of these. Let's look at a spouse diagnosed with a terminal illness or they died this year. So if your spouse was diagnosed with a terminal illness or they just passed away, many survivors find that they have a similar level of income after their spouse dies, but unfortunately tax brackets compress for them. This often means that they pay a higher rate. For example, in the 22% bracket in 2022, you can have taxable income if you're filing single between about $42,000 to about $89,000. I'm rounding here just for simplicity. Uh, and if you're married filing jointly, you can have taxable income between $83,000 and about $178,000. So you can see how it's much more compressed and it's smaller for that. The best example of this is the 24% tax bracket, whereas if you're married filing jointly, you can have taxable income of about $340,000 and pay no more than the 24% tax bracket. Whereas if you're single and you have taxable income about $170,000, that's the top of the 24% tax bracket. If a married couple filing jointly had $260,000 of income in 2022, their marginal tax rate would be 24%. If one spouse passed away a year prior and the remaining survivor had a similar level of income, they would be in the 35% marginal tax bracket. You'll also notice tax brackets are compressed for single filers. 
For example, the 24% married filing jointly tax bracket allows for $161,949,000 of taxable income, whereas the 24% tax bracket for single filers only allows $80,974 of taxable income. The difference in taxes is quite large. The couple with $260,000 of income filing jointly would pay about $50,071 in total taxes, which is an effective tax rate of about 17.5%. If the surviving spouse had to file single in 2022, they would pay about $69,286 in total taxes, which is an effective tax rate of about 24.2% compared to the 17.5% while married filing jointly. That's $19,215 more in taxes for the same level of income. In many situations, it would be better to accelerate income by doing a Roth conversion while terminally ill or in the same year as death because you can still file taxes as married filing jointly. By accelerating income, you can reduce your IRA balance, which will potentially reduce your future required minimum distributions and the taxes that you pay later. If you have lower income due to recently retiring, taking time off of work to be a caregiver, or for any reason at all, you may find yourself in a lower tax bracket than you have been in for a very long time. You should take advantage of lower income years by doing a Roth conversion analysis. You can also create lower income for yourself by donating to a charity or using a donor-advised fund to donate to charity. For example, if you are in the 32% tax bracket while working, but because you took time off, you will be in the 12% tax bracket, it may make sense to purposefully recognize income to fill up the 12% tax bracket. You may even want to fill up the 22% and 24% tax bracket too. So in any year that you have lower income, it's worth doing a Roth conversion analysis to see if it makes sense doing a conversion. Another example is the 22% or 24% marginal tax bracket. If you're in the 22% or 24% marginal tax bracket, you may be in the 25%, 28%, or even higher tax bracket in 2026 and later. As I mentioned earlier, the tax brackets today are temporary unless Congress makes changes to the tax code. In 2026, we will revert to the 2017 tax rates adjusted for inflation. To give you an idea of the 2017 tax rates, the 25% tax bracket for single filers runs between about $38,000 and about $92,000. For married filing jointly, that same 25% tax bracket runs between $75,901 and $153,100. So you can see that the tax brackets are compressed and much higher. So many people who find themselves in the 22% or 24% tax bracket today are likely to find themselves in the 25% or 28% tax bracket in a few years. If that materializes, it may make sense for them to recognize income in the 22% and 24% tax bracket today through a Roth conversion to help lower the amount of taxes they pay in the future. Personally, I'd much rather pay 22% or 24% today than 25 28% or more in the future. A note on Medicare premiums. Something to be aware of is that as your income increases, your Medicare premiums can also increase, reducing the amount you receive in Social Security benefits. Your Medicare premium is based on your modified adjusted gross income from two years ago, which means if you had larger income in 2020, your Medicare premium may be higher in 2022. But then if your income went down again in 2021, your Medicare premium would also adjust back down in 2023. In other words, it's not a permanent change. It changes it for one year based on the modified adjusted gross income from two years prior. And I have a chart on the website if you want to check it out um, showing your Medicare premium in 2022 based on your modified adjusted gross income in 2020. But basically, if you're single, you can have $91,000 or less and your Part B premium doesn't go up and your Part D premium also doesn't go up. 
modified adjusted gross income for 2020 for joint filers have to be $182,000 or less for your Part B or Part D premium not to go up. If your income is higher than that, your Part B premium goes up a little, so does your Part D, and there's different tax brackets that you can fall into. This can catch many people off guard, but in most situations, the increase in Medicare premium may only add roughly one percentage point to the overall effective rate of the Roth conversion. For example, if your effective rate was 20% without factoring in the increase in Medicare premium, it is usually about a 21% effective rate after factoring in the increased Medicare premium. I look at the increase in Medicare premium as an additional tax, and going from paying $170 a month to roughly $238 a month is only $68 in difference. Over the course of a year, that's about $816. From a cash flow perspective on a monthly basis, I know it can feel like a substantial amount, but when you add it to the increase in taxes from the Roth conversion, $816 is usually minimal. It's something to consider when doing a Roth conversion analysis, but in most situations, an increase in Medicare premiums should not prevent you from doing a Roth conversion. Let's look at a hypothetical Roth conversion scenario. Let's say you have a married couple, both who are age 66, recently retired, and have a million dollars in a brokerage account and $2 million in an IRA. Since they have no other income early in retirement, they're in the 0% tax bracket. If they do nothing, they're likely missing the opportunity to recognize income in a lower tax bracket to reduce the amount of income that is taxed at a higher bracket later. If they start Roth conversions by filling up the 12% tax bracket and the 15% tax bracket in a few years when tax rates revert, they will pay about $17,000 to about $20,000 to about $20, each year. However, this will smooth out their tax experience later in life. Now keep in mind, there's no benefit to a Roth conversion in the early years. I have a chart on the website that shows that at age 72, if you were to do a Roth conversion or not do a Roth conversion, what the taxable income looks like. And it shows that the adjusted taxable income with the conversion is about $94,000. Without the conversion, it's about $80,000. So there's really no difference. You're increasing your income purposefully, so you're paying more in taxes early on. But you start to see the benefit later. So let's look at age 85 as an example. The taxable income with the Roth conversion is about $130,000, while the taxable income without the Roth conversion is about $179,000. Now you're starting to see the difference how you filled up the tax brackets early in retirement. You recognize some income, which reduces your taxable income later. So you are voluntarily paying some tax to avoid higher taxes later. You can look at this over their lifetime. So let's say they live to age, 80, age 95. The Roth conversion added an estimated $505,000 roughly to their combined wealth, and you can also see the large difference in their taxable income at age 95. With the Roth conversion, taxable income ended up being about $166,000. Without the Roth conversion, taxable income was about $276,000. So nearly $100,000 difference in taxable income, and you don't know what tax rates are going to be at that age either. Now, keep in mind each person's situation is unique. Let's assume certain rates of return, withdrawal strategies, tax rates of errors, and other factors that may or may not apply to your situation. It's meant to illustrate how a Roth conversion can potentially help. Each individual should do their own Roth conversion analysis and make their own assumptions about rates of return, tax rates, and other factors to decide if a Roth conversion makes sense for them. The next question is usually, should I withhold taxes on a Roth conversion? Normally, it's best not to withhold taxes on a Roth conversion if you have money in savings or a taxable brokerage account you can use to pay the taxes. 
For example, if you did a $100,000 Roth conversion and estimated that you would owe $20,000 in taxes, it is normally better to make estimated tax payments to cover that tax balance. If you structure it that way, the full $100,000 goes into the Roth IRA to grow tax-free. If you withhold, say, $20,000 from the conversion, then only $80,000 makes it into the Roth IRA to grow tax-free. If you don't have money in ta savings or a taxable brokerage account to pay the taxes, then I would normally withhold money on the Roth conversion. But all it's being equal, if you have money outside of your IRA that you can use to pay the tax, that's usually better. So now, how do you actually do the Roth conversion? You've decided how much you want to do and how you're going to pay the taxes. How do you actually do it? Most brokerages allow you to do a Roth conversion online. Normally, I move investment positions instead of cash because it's better to stay invested. You could sell an investment, sit in cash waiting a day or two for it to settle, then do the Roth conversion, and then reinvest the cash in the Roth IRA, but normally I'd move investment positions. For example, if you decide you want to do a $75,000 Roth conversion, you could move around $75,000 of an investment position or a combination of investment positions. Since you can't always move partial shares, you can't always convert around $75,000. It doesn't need to add up to exactly 75000 If you feel it does, you can always do most of it using the investment position and true it up with a little bit of cash. Once you do the Roth conversion, don't forget to make estimated tax payments to help avoid underpayment penalties. Or if you're withholding tax on the Roth conversion, you'll need to create cash in advance to allow the cash time to settle. Mutual funds settle a day after your trade date, and ETF stocks settle two days after your trade date. So just keep that in mind if you're trying to do a Roth conversion analysis and it's time sensitive. And then... When in the year should you do a Roth conversion? That's a frequently asked question. And as with most financial questions, it depends. I'll talk about some of the different ways that you can think about it. So early in the year, in a perfect world, I would do it at the start of the year sometime in January. The reason for this is because markets tend to go up more than they go down. If you convert earlier in the year and the market goes up, you get tax-free growth as opposed to tax-deferred growth in the IRA. The downside to converting earlier in the year is that the market goes down, you convert and pay tax on an amount that you may not have later in the year. For example, if you do a $100,000 Roth conversion in January and the amount you convert goes down 20%, you'll still pay tax on the $100,000, but it's worth far less. Emotionally, that can feel lousy, but long-term, it usually doesn't matter. If you have variable or uncertain income, it's challenging to know what your income level will be for the year for some people. For some people, their income is very stable and they can estimate their final income for the year within a few thousand dollars. Great for those people. Other individuals have variable income and don't know how capital gain distributions, bonuses, stock awards, or other income will affect their final income for the year. For some people, it's prudent to wait until November to do a tax projection when the income is better known to determine how much to convert to a Roth IRA. You can do the conversion analysis earlier in the year if you want to have an estimate, but you may want to only do a partial Roth conversion amount or none until later in the year in case your income is higher than you expected. Another approach is a dollar cost average approach. With this approach, what you're doing is you're converting a few times throughout the year. For example, you may want to convert $100,000, but you may regret converting earlier in the year if the market goes down. Instead, you could convert, say, $25,000 each quarter. You could convert $25,000 in February, May, August, and November. You'll convert the $100,000 total, but you get four different price points for the conversion. It's similar to how you save into a retirement account. Instead of a large lump sum, you can spread it out throughout the year. Over time, I would expect this approach to work out worse than doing it early in the year, but this strategy is more about regret minimization. In summary, earlier in the year is usually better. Later in the year is okay, particularly if you have uncertain income. 
Convert multiple times throughout the year to minimize the regret of one conversion. It's another option. My final thoughts. A Roth conversion can be an effective way to reduce the taxes you pay over your life. Although many people believe reducing taxes in the current year is the most prudent approach, most fail to see how their tax situation may change in the future, sometimes for the worse. Moving money from an IRA to a Roth IRA is one way to potentially reduce your future taxes. It's particularly effective in years where you recently lost a spouse, have lower income, or right now while tax rates are lower than they have been historically. With tax rates set to rise in 2026 unless legislation is passed, many people in the 22%-24% tax bracket today may find themselves paying 25%-28% or higher in the future. As you do Roth conversions, don't forget to account for the taxes, either through withholding or through estimated tax payments. Although many people want to try to time their Roth conversion, studies have shown it's nearly impossible to consistently time the market. It's best to pick a strategy for your conversion and stick with it. And I'll leave you with one question to act on. How will you decide how much of a Roth conversion to do this year? Elliot Apple is an investment advisor representative of Kindness Financial Planning, LLC. However, in hosting this podcast, Elliot is not acting as an investment advisor representative individually or on behalf of Kindness Financial Planning. The information and opinions in this podcast are for general, informational, and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and such opinions are subject to change. No representation is made as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Any past performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices referenced are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. All investments involve a certain level of risk. You should carefully consider if an investment is suitable for you before making an investment. Please consult your legal, financial, and other professionals to determine what may be appropriate for you.